Welcome to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. What you hear in the next hour could very well save your life. Now, here's your host, Sharon Kleina. I want to invite you to listen to the Sharon Kleina Hour, the power of water and water life science. Many years ago, I decided to study the behavior, and I call it the behavior of the human body, living with water evaporation from birth. When you're born and you come out of that pocket of water, you're like a sponge coming out of a glass. You live in water. Your body has an organism of a percentage of water per organ, the heart, the blood, the muscles, the kidneys, the brain, your eyes, Now we're learning about saliva and more. Your body is made up of all those organs of water, a percentage. And then when you come out, you begin an evaporation. And then when you have the word dehydration happening in parts of the body, that means you're having a serious out-of-control over-evaporation to dehydration that is serious. The body can't live that way. You've got to learn how to balance it. That water on the earth is happening also with the water evaporation of the atmosphere's water evaporation out of the air. We wouldn't be alive if we didn't hit, come out of that womb and that evaporation is like a lightning with the water evaporation of the atmosphere. The earth is living itself as an organism. It's got to have water. It's got to have those healthy, healthy, high streams and lakes, creeks, the ocean. It's got to have a balancing act of water to live with the atmosphere, to give you the health that you require. Now, we're going to talk today in the commentary about COVID-19 virus flu strain. I said it's a strain. Something you have to realize that they're all trying to decide and figure out this strain of flu was very different than the normal strain of flu that we were used to in America. And like an, your allergies are different. Your colds are different. When you catch a cold, you've got the flu maybe. Now, I'm going to use myself as a testimony to something In 1957, I was 14 years old. I got the Asian flu that was going around that took 160,000 people's lives. I got so sick. And I was never had a common cold. I never had the flu before. I got it. And I was so sick sick for a week. I lost an enormous amount of weight. 
I was so sick. I was the only person in my whole family that got it. They didn't close down companies. They didn't close down the families. They didn't, they, they lived with it. It was called the Asian flu. But it did take 160,000 people's lives. And it began to work itself through. We've got to realize that COVID-19 has a multiple of strains. A strain that goes from person to person, and there's no two people alike. No two people evaporate the same. No two eyes alike. No two fingerprints alike. No two skins alike. You're finding on the DNA, on the saliva, with the new breakthroughs and what they've been teaching us in saliva. No two of those alike. We are different, every one of us. So when, how do we know about our immunity? The word immunity strength, immunity is your strength to fight off viruses, bacteria, contaminations. You never know when you're going to have that moment of weakness. So we've been educating it, picking up a new a skill of really good education while they're doing their hard work behind the scenes of developing laboratories all over the country that they didn't have, lab technicians to do testing. They never had that many before, but now they, they're getting more and more and more. That's hard work behind the scenes. They go out and learn how they can get more testing and different types of testing. Which test is working? Which one isn't working for individuals? We're, we're being a little cruel and, to me, illiterate, ignorant to what's going on behind the scenes with all those people working so hard around the clock. It is hard work to go out and figure out. we got to develop all these things really fast. we got to figure out all that it has to be done as it goes. And make kids try to keep up with that strain. The strain is competing with person to person to person. And you don't know which person is going to be. Yes, it's taken a lot of lives. But it could have taken a lot more if we hadn't tried to figure it out and stay calm. Stay calm. I learned that years ago when I saw a car wreck when I was a young girl. If I didn't stay calm to go help them get out of that car, they would have died. I had to stay calm to help that. Do you think our warriors stopped working, our soldiers, our police officers, our caregivers, people at the grocery store, our truck drivers, all these different people that are on the front trying to give us a normal way of living at the gas station, 
all over? They would stop everything? You wouldn't be able to move around. You'd all of a sudden become isolated, like in a cave. These people gave their lives to help you. Those that don't get out so much. Those who are a little more afraid about getting out now. They kept on the floor line. Do you think you'd have your soldiers, your police officers, all your first responders, all your different people that have jobs that have to be at the job? They've got to carry on our country. There's 50 of these states. It was a mastermind with our forefathers, 50 states to keep going. Borders that we've all said are very important to our lives, a border. We have so much to learn. While they're trying to figure out different therapeutic inoculations and then finally get the vaccine. They're working. You're insult- well, people are insulting them as if they don't know what they're doing to try to figure out with their dedication and their commitment, but they have to stay calm or they'll never get it done. Calm behind the scenes, calm in front of everybody. It has to be. Now, our police officers in the communities. Today, I decided I wanted to have somebody on, and I called Kevin Kearns. And Kevin's going to come on with us today, too. I said, Kevin, could you introduce me to somebody who's been a police, is a police officer, and they're out there on the line, and they could teach us something about the history of the uh, police law enforcement in our country from the beginning. And then I met and talked to Mark Marcy, and he's in New Jersey. And he is with the police union there, and he'll tell you he heads the police union. Dedicated police officer. Dedicated to the officers that police law enforcement he works with. I've gotten to know people with NYPD through the years, people in my own local law enforcement. The dedication, the commitment what they have to do to go out on the four lines, front line. There's so much more than what we really know and understand. So I decided today to have a show about it for the health of our lives. Considering COVID-19 and what's going on out there, they have to work with COVID-19 running around. No different than our soldiers our our first responders, our firemen, our linemen, men and women, our caregivers. Everybody is out out in front to keep things moving with their dedication, their commitment. They gotta stay on the job or you'll be living in a cave. We're gonna have a lot to learn today, I think. 
And I want you to be open-minded and use some common sense with everything you think about and you hear. Common sense. We need to get those kids back to school to be healthy again. Their parents have to work to pay the bills. I call those the kitchen tables. I don't care if it's a billionaire's kitchen table or a struggling homeless person kitchen table. Everybody has to try to figure it out. And we should be there to help each other to figure it out. We're in this together. The whole wide world is struggling. But we have to stay calm. We're not going to figure it out. And whenever anybody says we don't understand it, as far as how serious it is, I have to say that's an insult to the people working behind the scenes 24 hours a day, working so hard, trying to figure it out with passion, commitment, and on the firing line to themselves. And there's so much we can learn and commitment to each each other's lives to save lives and to be healthy, prosperous, and have peace in our nation. We're going to listen first to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Highness. The COVID-19, as you're learning, strain is multiple. I've often wondered with my research if they even have enough of them. I think there's multiple strains because there's no two people alike. What we're, they're trying to learn, but you've learned about the saliva. The saliva is the carrier. And because of the saliva research now, they're doing breakthroughs and more saliva detection for di- future cancer, diabetics, maybe even addiction and more. But it is the carrier of a virus. When you touch it and it's contaminated, it can touch, if you touch the eye, and the eye is immunity weak at the moment with that 99% water on the surface of the eye, that moment, if that is not supplemented, you may, it'll carry into the body through the eye because the eyelid is not covering the eye all day like the rest of the skin's covering the body. There's only one product on the planet that's been out there for immunity strength of the organ of the eye to supplement it, to slow that evaporation down for dry eye. Only one worldwide. It's nature's tears. Eye mist of 100% of tissue culture grade water. It's the only FDA approved water worldwide to be able to supplement the surface of the eye with just a mist. We'll listen to our sponsor and we'll be back with Kevin Kearns introducing us to Mark Marcy.
stimulating talk. It gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Mark, are you with us? I am. Mar- audience, I want you to know Mark Marcy is our special guest today that Kevin Kearns wanted us to meet. Kevin, are you with us? I am. Kevin. You've been with me coming on to introduce us to individuals, and your background is extraordinary to be able to do that. You've had four years of martial arts. You've been training um, and teaching uh, physical fitness and master fitness all over the world, not just in the United States. You've gone into some locations of our, our population and got involved with the NFL, our military, and our our um, Olympics, and more and more and more, and, and physical training of people who come in to become part of your clinic. Mark, your excitement to me today is you've committed yourself to the health of a community to be a police officer, law enforcement officer and you're out there on the line everybody every day both of you during COVID-19 and other things that go on in our lives other things too more than just COVID-19 there's mental illness addictions and more I thought it would be really fascinating to teach our audience about what both of you are done doing out on the line during a very, very historical time of our society and our population in the United States, but the rest of the world too. And Kevin, Kevin, uh, would you tell us a little bit about, very briefly, what you've been doing there and your background, and then we'll go in and 
get Mark. I wanted Mark today, Kevin, to do a little road work for me, if he did, about the history of our law enforcement. When at first, I'm a, I'm a root person, Mark. I love to study the origination of a root and how that root grew to be a, beyond the root, of, goes into a trunk, goes into a limb, and grows. Um, we'll talk about that history way back in time. But first of all, Kevin, tell us about what you've been doing and, and your commitment to being part of what's going on now at the health of our population during COVID-19 and um, the future that's coming that won't quit. Okay, Sharon, I appreciate that. So, you know, I've got 40 years in martial arts and 30 years in the fitness and nutrition business. So when you look at, you know, I've worked with Mass State Police, law enforcement, you know, I've sent equipment and DVDs over to troops that are active in Afghanistan, Iraq, you know, just it's about giving back. It's about giving back, and people tend to to forget about, our first responders and I'll, you know, I, I watched the planes hit the towers and I'll never get it out of my, you know, out of my mind. And the thing that always stood out is you have police officers and firefighters, you have people running out of the buildings and police officers and firefighters running in. And you look at that. And then you look at the people that are on the front lines, like they don't talk about, I've been talking to somebody over in Afghanistan. Now they don't talk about the news that we have, you know, peacekeepers over there that, that can't even have cell phones because of the insurgents will use them for, bom- for bombs. So, and, uh, and all we're focusing on is COVID and everything else. So, you know, I, I got an epiphany and, you know, when you, and I'm a, I have a big, you know, there's a, there's a long time anonymous saying, when your heart speaks, take good notes. I'm a firm believer in that. My heart spoke before 9-11. I didn't even look at the date. And I said, you know what, I want, I want to get back to the first responders because it's basically a mess with the police and everything going on here and everything else. So I started reaching out to everybody that follows me and that I have connection with, connections with, with the secret service, with, um, local state troopers, ice, uh, you know, a bunch of different SWAT teams, the, the whole bit. And I started reaching out to them. I'm like, look, I said, guys and girls, here's what I want to do. I want to come out and do, Free two to three hour workshop. If I could drive, great. If I have to fly, just pay my expenses. I said it'll be completely free, and I will give every member of your team, retired or otherwise, free access to my fitness app. They went, huh? And I said I will knock oh, down. Exactly. They want to take my certification, but if they want to take my certification, my MMA fitness trainer level one, level two, which is usually four hundred dollars, I'll knock it down to two hundred dollars, uh, whether mm-hmm. it be online or live. So that was my mm-hmm. way of, and, and people like, I, we can't believe we're doing that. So I was, you know, with, with my martial art experience and I'm working with the North Smithfield police department right now. I'm working with the Woonsocket police department in Rhode Island. Now I'm going to be working with the national guard for Rhode Island for both army and air force, because the major general, uh, I think it's Callahan is a, is a fan of mine. And there's two guys that are retired now that were certified coaches mm-hmm. for me. It's my way of my way of giving back. Uh, I'm working with that that captain, Captain Martin's over in Afghanistan right now. She's an artillery sergeant, uh, t- artillery captain, and uh, trying to get mm-hmm. material 
our information over to the troops to stay, you know, we've got these people on the front line. I mean, and, and there's other people that are on the front line, too, that people forget about. Yeah, they, they the you know, men, Kevin, but, excuse me for inter- interrupting for a minute. Nobody, none of these people can go and say, I, I'm going to go away while this is going on to protect myself. They're out in the front line of everything going on at all times, nonstop forever. Not, nothing, not just because of COVID-19. They're uh, out there in the front. Well, uh, let, let, let's go one deeper with, with that, Sharon. What about the garbage men? What about the people working at Starbucks? What right. about the, the people working all these other places? They forget about them. I mean, right. uh, Mark would probably have it. Mark store, probably... So you can go and buy your n- necessities. Yes. All of them. Uh, okay, let's, let's now, one Mark. Step further. Uh, <laughs> oh, excuse me. Yes. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, Mark, you heard all this. And, Mark, yes. you had a commitment, too. Tell us a little bit, Mark, about your background. I wanted you to tell me and the audience today about your background. How did you become, where did you grow up, and how did you become where you're at today with to be a police officer? So I grew up in a town called Hoboken in northern New Jersey. We are Uh directly across the river from midtown Manhattan. Um, little bit uh, of a unique thing about this town, as it does also relate to the amount of calls we get, inordinate amount of calls for service, we are the fourth most densely populated city in the entire country. Uh, we're a mile square with about 70,000 residents. Um, and it's very eclectic. Uh, we could be on a call on the western side of town, the housing projects where, um, you know, the income level is probably the, the lowest in the country and go up to the waterfront and take a report on a stolen painting, which happened to be an original Van Gogh sitting stolen from an apartment that's worth $3 million, and the owner is uh, a hedge fund manager. So it, uh, I'm, I'm, I have the, uh, the, um, the good fortune of being able to deal with an entire cross-section of, of, of society. Our, our demographics here are a, are a petri dish of, you know, all, all, all strata of, of income levels. Now, when you were a little um, boy, did you ever think you'd be a police officer? Did you think about it at all? Uh, no. I became a police officer by mistake. Um, Tell I us took that the te- story. Yeah, I took the test. I have a degree in political science and economics with a minor in finance. And like every other ambitious kid in Hoboken or Jersey City or, or the boroughs of New York, we all had our sights set on Wall Street to make a couple of million dollars before we were 40 and we could retire in luxury. Well, in, 19, in 1992, when I became a police officer, um, the, those opportunities didn't exist. So I said, well, let me just take the first thing that came up because 
you know, you have to, you have to get a paycheck and you have to eat. So, um, it turned into a career because after a while, um, where it started out as a job, you know, it became quickly became a vocation. So, and that's it. I was on. Now, uh, why did home. you think when you, Mark, yeah. decided to make it a, a career um, and get involved, did you, was it because you found it to be a commitment that you really felt necessary, that you were compelled to be assistant, help out, do certain things to help out? Um, I've often noticed that police officers have big hearts underneath that vest. Oh, sure. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. I, it was, yeah. in, in my opinion, it was my, it was my civic duty. Um, yeah, I had a feeling. Rather than going in the military, you decided to serve your community and get out there. Now, I asked right. you to do something for me. I hope you had the moment in your, I call it molecules of time, moments. Everybody's busy. Were you able to do any study on the history? Just, just to say here in the United States, why they formed law enforcement, police officers. They had the military. They had their different, the sheriff. They had different, but then all of a sudden they got another branch in law enforcement called the police, the police officers that came in and had a different branch, let's say, of um, working in the community. Did you ever look into that history for me? Uh, what, community policing? Right. Um, yeah, I believe um, uh, the first community policing in... Um, I think it was it was a, it was a town in the northeast. I can't. You know what? You caught me off guard. I didn't have. Uh, okay. I don't have my notes with me. I'm sorry, but um, that's okay. The reason behind it, though, I can definitely give you is because, uh, you know, so we're all human beings. Uh, we're all people, and what was discovered in the 70s and the 80s in, in policing was that a, a personal familiarity made, made situations a lot better when that person who were you familiar with because they walked the beat and you saw them every day and they said, hey, how are you, Officer Marcy? And you engage them in conversation and, 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 and you knew about their families and, and conversations while you were on beat, you know, grew organically and you knew the shop owner and it, it made for a different experience when, when you were called in an emergency response capacity and you brought that person to the side because they were they were involved in a in a in a serious domestic violence incident with their significant other when they were shaking the shop owner and you were talking to them in the back because they were just robbed at gunpoint it makes for 
a very, very different situation. And it also makes for what's very interesting is, you know, when we have the community outreach and especially working with the children, when we have the PAL, the Police Athletic League, this and that, you know, when something happens in one of their neighborhoods, in, in, invariably, the, the kid sees a crime take place. Generally, inner city kids do not want to cooperate with police. And then you go over to him and you say, hey, Johnny. And he looks up and he says, oh, hey, Officer Mark. Come here, Johnny. Let me talk to you. I'm not talking to Johnny as a cop. He doesn't know me as a cop. Johnny knows me as a football coach. Johnny knows me as, you know, hey, you know, that's, that's Officer Mark from, from, from the D.A.R.E. program. So the community policing aspect, in my opinion, especially in inner cities, is, is a, a vital tool. It's it probably one of the best. Now, I'm going to ask you real quick before we move on to some other things I wanted to talk to both of you about. To the health of our people. We're living in 50 states. Our forefathers were geniuses to separate those 50 states. So it'd be, each one would be like a Super Bowl on its own economically. They'd all be competing economically. In the old world, they didn't even have to leave the country to go compete for economically. They did it among each other, like the Super Bowl. Now, you have the state police, you have the sheriff's department, and you have the city police. So you're telling us that the difference between the city police and the sheriff's department is the fact that they get more involved, closer to the schools, um, to the young, the neighborhoods, uh, one-on-one closer than the sh- police, than the uh, state police, the sheriff's department. They get closer to the people in the community in a different way. Isn't that what you just explained to us? Yes. Um, so, that that is correct, and that's mostly in larger urban areas that are able to support individual municipal police departments. There's a lot of places across our country where they don't even have a municipal police department. They simply have a sheriff's department, and that sheriff's department oh. is countywide. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, it's all, all according to it's all according to the to the state that you're in. Pretty much the the constant though are are each state's state police forces. Those are pretty much mm-hmm. the constant. And they don't you know, they don't mm-hmm. really have hand to hand or hands on hand uh uh community policing like like municipal police departments do. And that's, that's because of pretty strict uh, jurisdictional rules. Or budgets. Yeah, or, or budgets. Like there Money. are very small towns. Money. There are small towns in, in, yeah. in, in New Jersey that are, 
you know, they're kind of like a, a, a like they have bankers hours, and then the hours that they're they're not patrolling because they simply don't have the money to support, you know, a midnight to eight in the morning shift. That's when the New Jersey State Police steps in and functions as the local police department. Okay, we're going to take a break, you two, for uh, Kevin. We're going to be back sure. in a minute, and then Kevin. Um, mm-hmm explaining to us today about what he's been doing out of his heart. And I know that's in you, Kevin. Kevin is, uh, you're something else to do that. And Mark, I really appreciate you being on. We'll be right back. Neither one of you go anywhere. We're going to listen to our sponsor. Our sponsor is Nature's Tears Eye Mist with just a mist. COVID-19 is contamination from the saliva. We're all learning that. We brought in the experts that are the best in the world. There's nobody above them to teach us about some latest breakthroughs in the saliva. Um, but when you touch it, the saliva, and it's contaminated, and I'll call it raw, for some common sense, and you touch the organ of the eye, and the organ of the eye is over-evaporating called dry eye. Dry eye perspiration in the eye, problems of the eye. It's like you've been working out in a gym. Nothing works more on the eyes than a workout in a gym or going on a marathon, going on a walk outside. The organ of the eyes over-evaporate. It's just normal. That's the nature of the eye. But it has an immunity strength that protects you from bacteria, disease, contamination, if you keep it maintained. There is only one product on the, in the world that will maintain that and wash out the eye, help it with its immunity strength immediately with 100% of FDA-approved water. That's Nature's Tears Eye Mist. We'll listen to this sponsor, and we'll be right back. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com 
You're listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Audience, today we have Kevin Kearns, who's done 40 years in martial arts, 30 years as a master of fitness, and within not just the United States, but throughout the world. And then he introduced us to Mark Marcy over in New Jersey, Hoboken. I've been to Hoboken, right across the river from Manhattan. What they're doing with, as a police officer and his background. Um, Mark, tell Kevin, tell Kevin and I what you've been learning about the health of your police officers right now going through COVID-19 and what's going on out there in our country and in the neighborhoods with the children. And I'm done. I really want to get into the children. I'm a, and by the way, Mark, at the end of every show, I've always said. (laughs) You're going to burn out tires before. I'm sorry. Yes. Um, (laughs) At the end of every show, At the end of every show, Mark, I always say, put your heart, a child's heart in your hands, and they're all perfect. Mark, tell us what you've been learning about being out there in front with what you do with the children of the neighborhoods and the families right now during COVID-19 as a police officer, law enforcement officer. Well, um, we do have a school bureau here, so we've been working heavily with the school bureau trying to get back to some semblance of of normalcy. Um, You know, (laughs) I'm a a really blunt person who who people who know me and, you know, I have children and let's face it, man. Uh, you know, kids are the, are, are, are our treasure. They are the love of our lives. Right. Uh, I would, I would crawl. They're our country. Across, yeah. I would, yeah, I would country. crawl, I would crawl across a uh, broken glass for my child. But Good at the you. end of the day, um, you know what? They could be very annoying <laughs> and, <laughs> and they can, they can try your patience. And when whether, whether being they're being he, kids, they're right. being kids, healthy right. kids do that. That's yeah. right. And but the point is, during this epidemic, when for the most part we're forced to being locked up with them, working from home and schooling from home, uh, you know, things can really. Uh, get to the point where both children and parents are pushed uh, to levels the uh, the trying on on their patience uh, that that we've never seen before. So that said, I think that's really where we are we are most we are most active or most proactive. Um, because things can really, really get out of hand very quickly. 
And so Did we... Did you uh, both hear Mike uh, in my commentary? You may not have heard. In 1957, I was 15 years old, and I got the Asian flu. And you may have heard about the Asian flu uh-huh. way back, how, how bad, bad it was. And um, our school was full of it. I never had a cold or the flu of other kinds, but I was the only person in my whole family that got that flu. And I was sick. Oh, gosh, was I sick. They never shut down the schools. They never shut down businesses. They never shut down the restaurants and the grocery stores. Everything kept moving on, and yet they did lose 160,000 people. It was a very serious pandemic, and they called it a pandemic, both of you, at that era. And now a pandemic means there's a strain that they can't figure out. And there's people behind the scenes 24 hours a day. They're not being too complicated, too, um, too um, not the word complicated, being too complimented today. They're being insulted about how hard they're working behind the scenes 24 hours a day trying to help us. And that's been going on when you have a pandemic. They try so hard to work, and this strain is not normal. I agree with you, Mark, and I'm sure Kevin does too. Children with skill and guideline and education have to go back to school. Parents have to go to work. Yep. And, Mark, you probably had to go to work, even though the children weren't getting to go to school. Yeah, you... Um, because of, you're a police officer. Yeah, you can't conduct investigations, nor can you patrol uh, a, a town from home. So... Nope. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's like we- our, our soldiers are out there on the line. Uh, did anybody ask our soldiers, to, our National Guard, to stay home? No. Or come home from wherever in the world? Come home. Did they ever... See, this has gotten... It it doesn't make any sense. What happened here? What they expected out of everybody. And, um, you know, uh, Mark, I'll tell you, and you might be able to back me up, both of you. A lot of people that don't even have children at home are going stir-crazy themselves having to stay inside so much. And when they first said you ha- it's mandatory you stay out of, of going to the stores very much. And um, I know I have friends in relationships in um, Australia, and we were Skyping recently on business. And they said, too, they had to shut down again. Drove yeah. them crazy. And they couldn't believe Shannon, what's going on. There's definitely an uptick in our in our area here of of suicide, attempted suicides, um, and 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 you know a, a bunch of other uh, mental health health issues related to um, being you know quote unquote quarantined. And I and I just right. hope that we, we get a vaccine soon and it opens up a, a, a more because at least in the Northeast, you know, you had the luxury of maybe getting outside in the open air. But now 
when it's freezing cold, you know, this, this, this has a potential to make things even worse. And, and Mark, and and if, I might Sharon, if, I might if I might interrupt, go ahead. When we spoke on April 1st, when you first introduced me, I told you I had five concerns. Obesity going up because people got, it's, it's the cheapest drug anybody can get. You don't need an ID, and people at home being depressed. Depression and suicide going up and anxiety going up. I said suicide going up. I said um, all the isms going, you know, all the alcoholism, people losing their sobriety because they kept the liquor stores open because otherwise people would break in. And I said domestic violence going up, and I hit the nail on the head. And if you, if you talk to Mark and, you know, Detective Marcy, who's a good friend of mine now, who could have went, he, he tried out for the New York Giants, could have made it. He is into real estate, could have went the other way, but he served, he served his community in his country by, going, by doing what he's doing. But when you look at all that, look at, look at all the facts. There's too much disinformation out there, number one. There's, too, there's actually too much information because you don't know which end is up and who to believe and who not to believe. And the challenge is this. You look at other countries like Sweden and Norway, they, they basically said, if you're sick, stay home, everything else, stay open. I forget the doctor's name uh, over in the UK that's been studying the flu curve. Yes. Now, is COVID bad? Yeah. Is it bad for the compromise? Yeah. Is it there's certain people that have gotten that have been young and healthy that have gotten really sick? Yeah. It's all that. It's a, it, it is a virulent virus, but it's a virus. Now, back years ago, I think it was four to, four to seven years ago, H1N1, if that came out, we had no plan for this, there'd be 20 million people dead. And Mark would agree with me. We were just discussing this last week. H1N1 just fizzled out. This is a virus that changes. We have not found the cure for the, for the flu. I mean, back with the Spanish flu hit, I think we lost, Mark, you probably know better than me because Mark's a statistician, 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 whatever it is. Freak, he knows this stuff. I think we lost 25 million people or 30 million people worldwide. Just, you know, you look back, I think it was 2018, if I checked the stats last night, I think we lost 5 million people worldwide to the flu, the common flu. That's why the flu vaccine doesn't most doesn't work almost all the time. It's like a 50-50 shot because this, they put the strain in from last year. And now the, new, the strain this year has changed. My ex-wife, who is right. one of the highest level nurses in Boston, said viruses exactly. are very tricky because they adapt. They adapt. And, you know, you can't build kids' immunities. There was a couple of doctors years ago that wrote books. One was kids need to get dirty. That's how they build their immunity. They need to go to school. They need to get exposed. Uh, and kids need the sun. We all need the sun. There was, there was definite stats on this about vitamin D was actually helping stave off COVID. And what are we doing? We're locking people up like prisoners. You know, isolation is used for basically imprisonment. It drives people nuts. Now, Mark, and Mark not are you being called out? Mark, are you being called out for a lot of things? Kevin just explained on the description. Yeah, are you being called out? I'm sorry, called out for what? You're called out domestic for violence, Mark, stuff like that. Yeah, for domestic uh, abuse, family problems going yeah, on yeah, during like, this like period I of time. Said, yeah, like I said, the, the, the frequency of those instances when compared, you know, to the average for prior years, there's, there's, right. there's definitely a, 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 a marked uh, percentage increase, without a doubt. Now, did you find that when they made people stay home and quarantine, they couldn't get to their uh, rehabilitation classes? They couldn't get to the churches? Yeah. They were told churches, to stay home. Churches, rehab, 
you know, uh, mental and physical rehabilitation, uh, alcohol, phenomenon. Yeah. You know, AA, NA, you know, these are, yeah, every, everything's shut down because they can't, they can't meet in person. I mean, well, get on a zoom. Well, first of all, that person would have to have access to a computer. And if they don't, you know, the, the other side of it is nothing replaces the human interaction. Absolutely. Well, can I share something too, Mark? What would they say yeah. if our soldiers were out in the middle of a battlefield and all of a sudden say, wait, wait, you've got to turn around and go back. We're going to quarantine you. You can't continue this battle. Yeah. No, don't, that doesn't Don't work. go anywhere. That, well, that, this country has to keep mo- We've got to move on. We've got to keep moving. We've got to learn those yeah. skills. We have to learn education. We have to learn the mask, why. We have to yeah. learn about the I and why. We have to learn about foods that, like Kevin has been teaching us, about you eat for immunity strings. You have to learn right. about these things. Those are called the Global Health Olympics. Right. And, um, yeah, I mean, look, I'm, 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 not a, I'm not a doctor, right? But um, somehow... Well, you don't have to, my, have to be a doctor to have common sense. Yeah, I mean, my yeah. police department has beaten the average, right? So we're 144 cops. Um, we, our, our sick leave is at its all-time lowest, which means everybody pretty much showed up to work every single day, didn't skip a beat during, during COVID. We have 144 cops. We had six people who came down with it, and and uh, of those six, all six were back to work within 14 days, symptom free. Now so, we're almost out of time, both of you. Uh, Kevin, is there anything that we're missing here that you thought would be important too, um, with the education to our listeners worldwide about what you know, we need to teach them about what's going on. Well, you know, I'm going to let Mark take over a little bit on this after I finish this. I go, look, it's real simple. Clean out your fridge. Stop eating sugar. Stop eating crap. Eat healthy foods. Real simple. Exercise. Breathe. As Matthew McConaughey would say, you know, break a sweat every day. And that, that goes with everything across the board, whether it's physical, mental, spiritual, whatever. Okay, now, we're, I'll, turn over Mark. Break, I'll turn it over to Mark. What's that? Mark, I only have, Mark, I only have 30 seconds. Okay. Starts in the home, Mark. Starts in the home. What's that? Starts in the home, right? That's what you said before. Change starts in the home. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Change starts in the home. You know, like you said, you know, uh, take care of our children. You know, they're they're our future. If you if you have bad kids, unless there's a serious mental issue there, um, look no further than the parents. If you have good, respectful children, look no further than the parents. Uh, okay, I'm sorry, both of you. They're out of time. They're going to cut us off. Thank you so okay. much for coming on today. God yeah, bless. Thank you. And be well. God, thank you. God bless you too. Goodbye, boy. Bye. Audience, I want to thank you for listening. Put a child's heart in your hands. They're all perfect. Thank you for listening. Join us next week for another edition of the Sharon Kleina Hour Health environment, and the power of water. Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel with an encore Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Remember to visit Sharon's website at SharonKleinaHour.com.